What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Stakes is High podcast, a real podcast having real conversation with real people. And I'm your host, Jones. I want to thank uh, Amber and Amara for uh, the last episode. I really appreciate you guys. I had a good time. Um, Hopefully uh, you guys will come back to the show. For everyone who's listening, if you haven't heard that episode, please go on SoundCloud and do a search. Stakes is High podcast. You can download the application that will allow you to see all the episodes. Also, for the Apple users, you can go to iTunes and um, there's an application, a podcast application on your phone that comes with most of the iPhones, the new iPhones. You could go on there, type in Stakes is High podcast. Make sure you put the podcast because there's another Stakes is High. You'll see me there. All the previous episodes, please subscribe, follow the episode or follow, you know, me and, you know, enjoy the enjoy my podcast. Uh, I really appreciate you guys. This week, uh, I have someone very special in my life. When I started doing my podcast, I... uh, this person was going to she she's been an ideal guest that I wanted to have on my show. She's one of the part one of the reasons why I'm living today. She's 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 very special to me. Sometimes we just call each other and I just say, hey, what's up? Next thing you know, we're on the phone for 20 minutes talking about a little bit of everything. But the reason I wanted to have her on, not only because she's special to me, but because she, I think she has a great story, especially with a lot of stuff that's going on today, you know, especially with the struggle. And when we talk about people, you know, struggling and making things work, fighting for what they want, you know, I feel this one being a great story. So I want to introduce everyone to my grandmother, Corrine, Lady K9. I'm sure she got more names that we could talk about. <laughs> so I want to introduce everyone to my grandma. What's going on? Uh, everything's cool. Yeah. And I have to tell my name. Yeah, yeah. Corinne, this is Corinne Scheller. Uh, maiden name, Corinne McMullen Johnson Shelley. And I've to speak to my grandson about I was born and raised in Mississippi and had come up, went to school there as a kid and the things that we went through growing up. We uh, was in the cotton fields and corn fields. Okay, before we get there, before we get there, she, she great. Tell the story already. I want to tell what part of Mississippi were, were you in? Uh, Greenwood and Slaughter, Mississippi. Okay, is that is that in the Delta? That's, yeah, that's, that's down, down in the Delta. Down, down in the Delta. Yeah, you okay Delta. with telling everybody your age? Uh, my age now is uh, 83. Okay. And I was born down there in Mississippi. And we lived in the little places like, you know, they, they call the houses down there, the little shotgun houses. And at the age of 12, I worked in a little... Uh, Stowe and Cafe John together, little juke house, and I worked there from 12 years old until I got 18. I worked there part-time, 
went to school part time, and mm-hmm. then I worked for the boss man at the at the, his house. What and, I want to, I know, and, and before we go there, let's let's because uh, I know one of the things that you you raised your brothers and sisters. Is that right? Right, right. So you cooked, cleaned, and you know, how many brothers and sisters do you have? Uh, I had um, five brothers and six sisters. And were you the oldest? Yeah, I was okay. the oldest. All right. Yeah. So you had to get out there and work, yeah. cook, raise yeah. the kids. Yeah. And my dad, he was out there in the world, and he stayed gone most of the time. Mm-hmm. And so I had to work uh, the different little jobs to help my mom take care of my brothers and sisters. Okay. Was times hard back then? Oh, I mean, yeah. As, as far oh, as, yeah. even for just for black people, was it hard? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. What and was, um, I know you tell me about, you know, you know, working and w- was education pushed back then or was it more about you guys having to work? Uh, more but less we had to work. We went to school like the lower grades and then when you get the age of, uh, 12, 13, and 14, uh, the boss said you had to do some work and you couldn't ride the bus and go to school anymore. But, you know, rainy days you could go to school, but when sunny days was, you know, and it was okay, the land was dry and everything, you had to work. Mm. What was... um. What type of work? I know you said picking cotton and you worked in a store. What, yeah. What, so the thing that gets me, and I think a lot of people that that's my age and, uh, you know, younger, we think once slavery was over, picking cotton was over. No. That's what we were, you know, especially that. How, that's almost how the history books tells it, you know, in a sense, because it just seems like that was what slaves was doing. So, OK, slavery, y'all free. OK, there's no more cotton picking. So but you still was. Picking cotton pretty yeah. pretty heavy. Yeah. Picking cotton, following the wagon, pulling corn. Mm-hmm. And we would pick, it was a minute of kids, and we would pick a bale a day mm-hmm. uh, over. And at the end of the year, the boss man would tell us he was going to give us some kind of bonus. Mm. And bonus was a box of silk draw. <laughs> 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 and, and we was happy for that. Okay. And then my parents, they would go up for a settlement, and they would get five or six hundred dollars. That was their settlement. Mm-hmm. And when they come back home, and they were so happy over that, they would give. If they give us fifty cent, we was happy. Sometimes they make, they give them a little bit more, mm-hmm. and we would get a dollar. Mm-hmm. That was our Christmas. We didn't. We they didn't have money. You know, like to buy us dolls and toys and things like the kids get today. And if we get a dollar, we could go up to the store and buy a sack of candy. And the boss man would give us apples and oranges, a sack with apples and oranges. Mm -hmm. And we was happy. Oh, man. These kids today, (laughs) well, I guess to say all of us, we expected a lot for Christmas. Oh, no. No. You didn't get that for Christmas. You didn't get what you got for Christmas, you was happy. Okay. And today, you see older people today, older, sometimes older women today, collecting dolls because they never had a doll Mm. when they was young. That makes sense. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Okay. Larry Washington. 
you see his wife collect all them dolls. Uh-huh. She never had a doll for Christmas. Mm. And she got dolls over there galore. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, one of the things, uh, I know you told me before, because I, 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 well, let's go into your teenage years. And, um, you know, I, I have aunts and uncles, you know, and of course my dad. And that's why I was saying in the beginning of the podcast, you know, you're one of the reasons why I'm here because you had my dad. Yeah. Um, when, when did, uh, when did you have your first kid, which would be my uncle Charles? Uh, 1953. 1953. Okay. Yeah. Okay. How was you, how old was you then? Uh, uh, nineteen. I, think. I guess I could have did the math. Eighteen, <laughs> 18. or nineteen. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, well, I, I guess I went a little further. So, but before I go there, when you was when when you were in Mississippi and you were doing the work in, I know you had. You said you raised your, you you know you you was raising your uh, brothers and sisters. One of the things that's always intrigued me. I know you were telling me before that. You used to deliver babies. Yes. I was a midwife. Midwife, yeah. Midwife. When did you start doing that? Uh, I stopped uh, uh, working at the clinic and, you know, watching the older ladies, you know, like I said, like the farmers do CPR or something, mm-hmm. watching the older ladies, how they deliver babies. You know, go through a training, how you uh, tie the, the neighbor cord mm-hmm. and and clip the neighbor cord, and after that, put a belly band on the baby, mm-hmm. and put a belly band on the woman, Okay, because her stomach way out there, we'll put a band on her, and let her wear it for so many days, to take her stomach back down. <laughs> and you, and now you, how, uh, how many babies do you think you delivered? <laughs> oh, I, it just, just so many. We didn't even have a doctor to come in unless we had problems. That's the only way we get a doctor. Okay. And the doctor, uh, we we couldn't we didn't have cars like that to get to the patient. We had the mule and wagon, mm-hmm. and that's the way we'd go to the house on the mule and wagon. Man. And we always <laughs> had the first outfit to go on the newborn. Oh, okay. We would always make an outfit and sterilize it and keep it wrapped mm-hmm. and for the newborn baby that's first month. Now was that just basically was that something that the black community was doing? Was yes. it just like okay Well we had some white the Did the poor class. The poor class okay. The poor okay. Class. Yeah. Now were you getting paid for this? Was it uh you had to go to their boss and get paid. Sometime you got paid and sometime you didn't. Well them that the 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 was sorry worker they had to pay you in, they had to give you chickens off the yard, uh, pigs out the pen. Oh, man. <laughs> That's the way we got paid. Right. That's your pay. And if you didn't get that, sometime we would take the baby for a while. We would take the baby for a while. Uh-huh. And the parents cry so over their baby, we'll give them back to them. <laughs> <laughs> holding the baby hostage <laughs> you know if i take yeah. your baby yeah you go i'm gonna pay <laughs> you're gonna pay you're gonna pay something you're gonna, uh, pay. you're gonna be so pitiful till i feel sorry for you i'll give you your baby okay um yeah that's that's rough man i i, I and it always went back always went back 
to that boss man, the boss man. Yeah, the boss. If you yeah. stayed on, you didn't have to pay no rent or nothing. You stayed in his house. Uh-huh. You worked for him, and you don't have to pay no rent. Mm-hmm. But if you get ready to leave, if you're a good worker, and you get ready to leave to go to the city somewhere, Mm. You owe him. He said you owe him. Because mm. you don't owe him because you staying there, working for him, mm-hmm. getting on the page, yeah. and whatever. So did you did you stay with the same guy, or was it just kind of like, your, your, like, you know, of course, my great-grandmother, who, were you guys with that same guy throughout, the, you know, throughout the time, or did you change boss man? Or no, how was that? I didn't change the boss man. There's no lie to that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you go to jail if you change boss man. That was almost still you, like you, 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 you a good worker. He not gonna get rid. Of, you got to go to jail and to sign a paper to come back there. That's still, that was still that. almost like slavery going yeah, oh, on. Yeah. Still. Oh yeah. It still was. What was what was your boss man name? Mac Shane. Mac Shane. Mac Shane. <laughs> I was here for it talking yeah. about Mac Shane. <laughs> yeah. Mac Shane. Yeah. Mac Shane. Uh-huh. I wonder if it. I mean. Like when you, I know you go back home uh, to visit because you had the slaughter day. Mm-hmm. Um, is his family still around, or his house? That, those houses still around there? Or? Uh, the house is still around, but his family is all out in Texas and the Gulf. Uh, okay. And okay. when we go back for slaughter day, every now and then his son will come up. And they talked to me, and they done got older. You, done ra- they, you raised them. Yeah, and I raised them. And when they got, you know, from little bitty kids on up, and when they get 16 years old, then the boss man have a talk with me. And mm-hmm. he says, you got, we always said, yes, sir, no, sir. Or when they get 16 years old, then the boss man have a talk with you. And so you got to say, yes, sir, and no, sir, to his kids. To the kids you raised. Yeah. Probably more than the, a lot of times more than the mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what I, how did that, how did that make you guys feel? I mean, you know, I know you got accustomed to it because it was the way of life. Yeah. You know, how did that make you feel, you know, just, even when you look back at those times and, you know, you think about those times, does that, I mean, is it, how does that make you feel? Well, at then, I didn't have too much problem with it. But as my kids come up, and I wanted my kids to have a better education than I had. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want my kids to live in that kind of environment. Because, mm-hmm. you know, time changed. Right. And then they go, the wanting to rob and kill and do things because people doing that to them. Mm-hmm. But, and then I left and come, I got my kids out of there. Okay. I run off at night. Okay, before we get there, because I, I, I do want to talk about that because I think this is a, that's very interesting. Mm-hmm. But one thing I want to talk about, I think my dad told me, and I want to see if this is true. When y'all, when you was picking cotton, with did you instead of having a babysitter, where did you have your kids pulling them on the cotton bag and you know? Oh yeah. Where are you? Oh yeah, you you set that baby on that your sack uh-huh. and and and. Uh, Drag them up and down through the field, and that's the way they sleep. And when they go to sleep, they still do that until the work time over, and then you go home. Man. No, you don't have a babysitter. Babysitting, off, you didn't know nothing about no babysitting. No, nobody stayed at home babysitting. If they able to work, they got to work. Hmm. 
Man, that's rough. I, I, and and if you didn't have no kids big enough to stay at home and, you know, give the kids water or food or their balls, you beat them thick, and you got to go backwards and forwards to the house to see if the kids okay. You had no babysitter. Mm. No. So kids had to learn early how to raise themselves in a sense. Right, yeah. right. And you right. said you was working at 12. Right. Um, so you were... Obviously, you were back in the day, especially down in the deep of Mississippi. You know, there was a lot of racism. Were you around? I mean, of course, the time of how was that? Because I never lived in that era of there was a black bathroom, a black water fountain, and you couldn't go in certain restaurants oh, and yeah. sitting in the back of the oh, bus. Yeah. Or, oh, yeah. You had to go. How was that? I mean, was it just common? People just automatically knew? Because, I mean, from a person like me. I they go. Say, they go there. Uh-huh. But they got a sign up over it. Why? A black. Mm-hmm. And you know not to go to that white fountain and drink. Because if you do, you might get beat or knocked down. Mm. And in a, in, a, in a restaurant, a cafe, if you didn't go in the right door, you're going to get thrown back out. Mm. Because you don't eat in there where they eat. You you got to eat in your place the, where the black eat. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I can't imagine. I can't. I mean, I, like I said, I guess it's just one of those things to where black folks got used to it. Well, we was... used to it because if you don't want to be with me, that's the way I feel. You don't want to be with me. I don't want to be with you. Well, I have more fun with the black See, okay. laughing and talking because they ain't gonna talk to you. They gonna set up and look like they want to kill. And you. then you gonna mean. feel awkward. Yeah. Like, oh, you you don't want to be over there. Oh, so okay, that, you know what I always talk about this too, and then after we get to this, we could talk about when you came to Indiana. But do you think it like now looking back when you see that when blacks and whites came together before before that the blacks had to eat with the blacks, you had to live with the blacks, you had to spend your time with the blacks, and you had to be segregated away from the whites. And you, like you said, you enjoyed yourself, you felt more comfortable. Do you think times was better to went better then as far as when black people were together, we stuck together, you had to be family together, and then when you when when we got integrated into where we were able to live in a white neighborhood and we were able to, you know, do all those things. Do you think ch- things changed amongst black people then? Very little. Mhm. Very little. Okay. I can't stand them now. <laughs> I can't stand them now. Who's that? Because they, they 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 ain't changed. You can't stand who? The white. Okay. Uh, they they ain't changed. Mm. Uh, very few people. They act like they friendly to you, but if you talk to they white girl or white woman, they gonna stand off in a hole. And you know what they gonna say when they get to that white girl? Mm-hmm. Nigger lover. Mm. That's what they're going to call that mm. white girl. So back then, you think it was, you knew back then, you knew they was racist. Now, yeah, yeah. they smile in your face and speak. And, yeah, yeah. Okay. And, and stab you in the back. <laughs> no. <Mm-mm>. <laughs> I mean, you know, we know we got to get us help because they got all the, uh-huh. the finance and stuff like that. Banks. And but, going to get, yeah. you know, we got to deal with whatever. Because mm. we ain't got it. Okay. And we never will have it. Mm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so now let's let's fast forward 
you, you know, you live the Mississippi at the time, and when you start having your kids, you say, I, I have to do better for myself. Right. So tell me about, you said you made a decision. You said you had to leave. You, you got out of there at night. What happened? What, yeah. So what happened? Well, uh, I, after, he, after my kids couldn't catch the school bus one morning, the boss man told them they don't catch. They come down and told me they can't catch the bus this morning. They got to go. They had a place back in, you know, that's cleaning up like trees and stumps and stuff. They got to go to the back 40 to pick up stumps. They can't catch the bus this morning. Mm. So I made my decision. This ain't going to work. I'm going to leave here. So and I made up my mind and I went to getting in little pieces together and I'm going to get my kids away from here. So I called in Nana because I had a friend in Indiana. Mm-hmm. And see, would he come and get me from Mississippi, me and my kids. So he didn't come, but he sent his brother. Mm-hmm. And I didn't. I left everything in the house. Furniture, hogs in the pen, cows out there, chickens on the yard, and cars left in the yard. Mm. I tied up, I put clothes in a sheet, tied the clothes up, you know, a few good clothes of my kids and mine, tied them up in a sheet, put them in the trunk of the car, and my mom wanted, my mom and dad didn't want me to leave them down there. So they was, they stayed back? They, they, they were scared. Okay. So. Well, well, hold on real quick. So was it illegal to leave or what? what you said no, uh, okay. no. But you had, your boss I, man still I had. I had to run out. Okay. So I ran off. I, I come to Indiana. Okay. So when I got to Indiana, he thought I was coming back because my mom and dad were still there. Would you have got arrested? I would have got it. <laughs> so I didn't. I went back at night. I called my mom, and I, my mom put a few clothes in a box, mm-hmm. boxes, and took them to the bus station and shipped them to Indiana. She shipped the clothes in Nana. So when she shipped the clothes in Nana, I went down in a car and got my parents and brought them back to Nana. But before I got to Nana, my dad, we stopped along, get gas and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And my dad had to go to the bathroom. And so the police come up at the, uh, you know, state trooper come up at the gas station while we were there. Mm-hmm. And Dad had seen the police, the state trooper, and he run in the bathroom because he thought the boss man had sent the state trooper right. to pick him up. He run in the bathroom. Dad stayed in the bathroom so long, we went around and knocked on the bathroom. Dad, come on. Come on. We're ready to go. Well, he said, uh, the police going to get me. The police going to get me. He <laughs> said, that guy gone. So he come out mm-hmm. and got in the car, and we come all the way to Indiana. Mm. And my dad, after he got here, he was so scared they were going to pick him up here and put him in jail and send him back to Mississippi. He kept all the doors locked and the windows down. <laughs> that's, that's, I, I, you know, I, I can't, that is, um, I, I just can't imagine, you know, that life having, it, having to sneak and leave and someone having that much power. You know, to where he's that afraid. Yeah. To get and out he of. had nightmares. 
In night, when he go to sleep, he'd jump up like somebody at me, somebody at me. He'd be mm. fighting in his sleep. Would he? Was you so? How? I mean, did you have any nervous? Were you scared or nervous coming to Indiana, no. or were you just like I'm here no. and no, no, no? You said I'm gone. No, because after they threat call and threatened me, then I went uptown and asked them, you know, you know that would could the police come get me? And I told them the situation mm-hmm. down there. There and they told me no, they can't come up here and get you. You haven't done nothing, and you're legal to be in Indiana, and I've been here ever since. Okay, why Indiana? Just because you knew someone up here already? Uh, just because, uh, well, Ike was my boyfriend. Okay, and he bought me up here. Okay, so I didn't know nothing about Indiana. Okay, I didn't have nobody in Indiana. Now where is, and where, I come here and just made friends. And Big June, Ike, Big June. Yeah. So was yeah. he? So. W- was he from Indiana, or did he come no, from Mississippi? Or? they come down there in Mississippi with a bus to get people to work at the Malibu. Okay, okay. Um, I want to talk about a story you told me about, because I know this, going back to Mississippi, and this is kind of always, I always stuck with me when you said that when you went to go buy something from the store, and the guy didn't, didn't know you can count, and he tried yeah. to cheap you, tried yeah. to give you your chance. What happened yeah. there? Uh well, they thought we was dumb or something like that, and he took, <clears throat> well, it's a, it's sad to say, but he cheated me out of four cents, mm-hmm. four pennies, <laughs> and he got out of Concona, and I told, I told him about it, and he got mad because I told him how he cheated me out of the four pennies, and so I told him that I had went to school and I could count. Well, he got him. I was going to let him keep them, but he got them out, and he throwed them on the floor. He wouldn't hand them to me in my hand. He throwed them on the floor. Mm-hmm. And I told him then, I said, I don't give a damn how you give it to me. I said, so you give me my money, because I can count. <laughs> and, and, and then he told me that I could never come in there again, mm. you know. Because that's yeah. what he had his office and you embarrassed and you showed him that and you everything. He said your husband had to come in. Because mm. at that time, he wasn't going to give it to me. But I had took a brick up in there. I was going to shine his head with that brick. <laughs> and I know he was going to kill me. But I, at that point, yeah. I guess I would have died for four cents. Mm. But he gave them to you. He gave it to me. <laughs> oh, man. So, okay. You came to Indiana. So when you got here to Indiana, how was life in Indiana? Was it a lot better or was it was it surprisingly the same or how was how was Indiana when it came down to the racism and, you know, the blacks? And because I know you probably knew a lot of people because a lot of people from Mississippi came to Indiana or did you only know Big June? Yeah. When I got to Indiana and made friends and old people, I had a bunch of kids, Mm -hmm. I think six. And them old people see me with all them kids in a two-room house. Hmm. And they would bring me clothes and food. They helped me. Mm-hmm. And and it was a lot better. And then, you know, about, I say I didn't, I didn't stay here a month before I got a job. Hmm. And when I got a job and the, my first paycheck, I thought they had made a mistake because I never got that much money in my life. Hmm. Because down there, I wasn't getting but $12.50 a week. Mm. I didn't care what I do. Man. So, to get here, 
to make, if I made $50 or $100, I thought I was rich. <laughs> Man. And I come up from that. Mm. So where was your first job? My first job, the uh, Wesley Nursing Home. Okay. No, it was a nursing home. Then somebody talked me to go to uh, RCA. Mm-hmm. I worked there a while. That's and a factory. Then, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, I toned myself down and finally got to General Tire. Mm. And then and they said, history. you make more money at General Motor. Mm-hmm. I went to General Motor, and I stayed there till I retired. How many years did you do that? Uh, Seventeen. Hmm. Then you really was making some good. That, oh, when you yeah. seen that check. I was, I was making the money there. <laughs> and, and, and all the overtime, anything they could give me, I would take it. Working like. Working like a slave. So what about, so when you, you said you took your kids from Mississippi, did you have to go back and get your brothers and sisters? How that, because yeah. I know you said you got your mom and dad, you know, so you went back and got your brothers and sisters or they just follow lead? They said, I'm leaving too. They, they follow lead. Okay. Right. And came to yeah. Indiana. Yeah. And and, and with a, about three-bedroom house, one bath, we was stocked in that house just like birds. And I, uh, I hoped them got jobs, gentile, mm-hmm. in different places, and they begin to move out as okay. they get a job and find a place to stay. Okay. And today... Most of them is here. Okay. One of the things that I know that I I know you're, um, you know, I know you're, the church is very, very important to you. You know, I know, you know, religion and, you know, how, how, how did, how did like, you know, religion and church keep you guys together in the South? Did that keep your, keep everybody spiritually? Was everybody, did that keep everybody together and keep hope and keep faith because they, they was, you, you know, being spiritual was very important. Church in the South. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, they would be spiritual and talk about it and do things. But if you, uh, get too much of it, mm-hmm. They would come break that church up. Would they? Yeah. They'd come break the church up. You, you're getting, you're trying to get too much education on that. Mm. They, don't, they don't want you to go against them. Do what they say. Go in the church, but do what they say. Mm. Mm. You, you don't. So did it, so how did, how did like, how does spirituality help you throughout all this throughout your life? How has it, how has it been important to you? Because I know you stay, you know, you, you go to church, and, well, you know, like looking at movies and got the education that they wasn't no God and they couldn't, they couldn't make me live. I feel like it just got into me that, you can't you can't make it rain. Mm-hmm. You can't give me life. You mm-hmm. can't bless me with food and jobs and stuff. Mm-hmm. It goes to show job, but somebody else got to be over it. Yeah, yeah. And, and I just so it gave you hope. It, it continued just gave to keep me going. hope that that you know I know that you ain't the one. Right. Yeah. <laughs> somebody yeah. else is over you. <laughs> yeah. And they can they can do more than you. Yeah. Yeah. 
So now you worked your 17 years at General Motors, um, grandkids, great grandkids, and, and great great, <laughs> great great grandkids. So how how now that you you know you've been retired and um, you know living your life, retirement life. When you see these kids today and when you see what's going on today, knowing where you came from, how does it make you feel? How do you look at the world today when you see, you know, kids today and just how people how people are today? Like people is today. Uh, like these kids today, they want to be boss. And they can't do that. They can't do that. They got they even though they got nice cars and money and things, but still and yet you got to humble yourself and do your thing. Mm -hmm. That's the way I see it. Mm -hmm. You just got to do your thing. Mm -hmm. Cause you're here today, and sometimes you're gone today. Mm -hmm. But if you just be nice to people and do your thing. And I think that they will sell down, mm. I believe. Mm. Some of them will sell down, but some of them won't. They ain't going to never sell down. Mm -hmm. They're dead till they're dead and gone. Mm -hmm. I know one of the things we talk about usually when we call, when I call you, you know, um, we talk about a lot of the crime and, and, and what's going on in society. And what what do you think... How do you feel about that today? Because I know a lot of times. I mean, I know you probably had some crime back in the day, but today it seems like it's it's getting worse. Yeah, it's how, getting worse. And, and you know, you take a life you can't give it, mm -hmm. and I, you try to talk to them and tell them just walk away. Try to walk away. Right. You know, sometimes there is time you can't walk away. Right. But if you can walk away. Walk away. It's mm. better to just walk away. Mm -hmm. I, that's the way I think. Mm -hmm. It's better to just walk away. Or you be in jail. <laughs> yeah. You're going to be there, yeah. and you're going to be dogged out, and when you come out, you don't look like nothing. Yeah. Some of them get away with it because they got some crooked cops out there. Right. Like, you know, a story I heard yesterday. This cat is dealing more drugs in, in the prisoner than he was out on the street. Mm. But he got to have help. Yeah. And they going to get fired, but they're still in yet. Yeah. This guy got seven grand in his bank account because mm. he dealing in the prisoner and got people out here on the street dealing with them. Mm. But, hey, that's their problem. That's, yeah. what the, that's what the police are getting paid for to do that. And I ain't getting killed over snitching and going on. Yeah. That's their job. <laughs> so I forget that. Going on with my baby. Take care of my own self. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You can never like me. I ain't got nothing to say about you. Yeah. When you look back over your life, you know, just when you do, is there things that you say? You know, is is it like maybe one major thing that you can say, I wish I would have done different? I don't. 
And it's okay to say no because I mean, no, I don't think so. Okay, because I think everything you everything reason. I did, yeah. and and I'm gonna study. And and right now, mm-hmm. as old as I am, I'm gonna talk to my grandkids and tell them what's right. Mm-hmm. And I tell them if I feel like I'm wrong, or you feel like I'm wrong, come explain it to me, and mm-hmm. I'll apologize. Okay, but if you don't want to, uh, you know. Do what I try to tell you, mm-hmm. and it's right. You go on, because mm-hmm. you know, most of these kids tell you you can't tell me I'm grown. Right. Well, you gone, you gone. <laughs> go ahead. Dude. And when you get down there, I'm not gonna be out though putting no money on your book. They charge you now to put money on your book. You got to pay three dollars to put money on somebody's book up there. Uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> no, that's just taking you. Yeah. I ain't working for them. Yeah. I'm working for myself, trying to live. Yeah. And you acting stupid, getting up there in jail with stupid stuff. When you could get you a job and get out there and get to work, get you a lawnmower, get you a wreck, and go ask people to work the job, mm-hmm. get you two or three dollars, you ain't going to get rich. Like I said, a little money betting in it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you do go back to Mississippi. You said Slaughter Day. Slaughter yeah. Day is, uh, what is Slaughter Day? You said That's when all the people, a lot of people that have been born down there and got relatives down there, and they go back and get together and... You know, they have barbecues, church, and different, just a get together. Mm-hmm. It's like a convention. They just like get a big together. reunion. Just yeah. a big reunion. Yeah, family reunion. You know, it's kind of interesting because a lot of people who, and I and I hear this. You know, I know I've known over since I've been born. I've always known, you know, you guys to go back to Slaughter Day. Yeah, and um, it's very interesting to me because a lot of people who, most people that was born and raised in Mississippi, a lot of them ran out, you know, because the jobs were up north, you know, regardless if it was Chicago, Indiana, Gary with the steel mill, a lot of the people who left out. But it's very interesting, man. A lot of those people, you know, including you, you guys still are proud where you came from, proud of being from Mississippi. You know, and that's just very interesting to me, especially what was going on, because from a person like me, I would say if I was if I was born into that, knowing what I know now, you know, just we of course, you guys had a different than what we did. But we can sit here and say, now, if I was born, I'd never go back there. I never want to relive that, you know, or see those roots. But you guys are always proud and, you know, proud of where you're from. You go back and, you know, is it give you like when you go back? When you cross that line, do you get a feeling or is it just happiness or are you happy from what you what you overcome or how how do you feel when you go back down there? Oh, I'm just happy for what you overcome. Okay. It ain't you ain't overcoming at all, but it's better. Better. Uh-huh. It's better. Yeah. 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 You, you those people down there, they got to trust and they start you didn't you didn't run no cash register or nothing down that end. Mm-hmm. But now they you got the trust. You run the cash registers and different things yeah, like that. Yeah. It, it's got better. It's a little better. But how is Mississippi down? Is it still? Is how's the how's the living? Is it still poor or how? You know, as far as black people. Oh, look like it's. I mean, the housing and stuff, and it ain't. They ain't too much better. But 
Because I always know it's still it, like it's, a poor it's state. Livable. Yeah. It's yeah. livable. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me how you felt because, of course, you know, uh, when we had our first black president, how that, especially, you know, with someone who lived through the time of where you couldn't even go to the same restaurant or the same restroom or drink out of the same water fountain, how that make you feel when that they announce the black president that we had a proud, black president? Proud, 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 like a Jane Brown, black <laughs> and proud. <laughs> and, yep, because you know you could get. You know, your insurance and stuff. And now they're trying to take your COLA and your mm-hmm. Social Security and mm-hmm. everything. They're trying to take that now. Mm-hmm. But, you so, know. So when you see him and now, I mean, you was just, just the emotion was proud yeah. and yeah. just. Yeah, but with the election now, it I just don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but only thing I said, there's a man upstairs going to take care of. Yeah. So yeah. that's all I can say. That's good. Mm-hmm. That's good. It is. Well, I, I I thank you so much. I I when I when I told you I wanted to have you on, I, I like I said when I started my podcast, there's 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 a few guests that I always that I want, and there's a few more out there that I want to have on my show. But you were one of them, and I wanted to wanted to get you on just to tell your story. I think it's interesting to hear that we always. I, I hear, I've heard it from you, you know, plenty of times. Just talking to you, hearing the stories about Mississippi, and I wanted to get you on the show and let you let some other people hear that story, and maybe it'd be inspiration for someone, you know, just just to see that you fought and you stay strong, and you know what you had to go through is nothing like what we have to go through, you know, as far as the hard. You had it way much harder, possibly going back to jail, leaving <laughs> leaving leaving your job. So. Oh, yeah. Um, I thank you, and uh, I really appreciate it. I hopefully everyone you know enjoyed this episode. I really this has probably been my favorite episode so far. I had my grandmother on, and um, you know this is very special to me. So hopefully you guys. Any last words? Anything you want to say to anyone listening? Oh well, within the one listening, one more thing that I forgot to say mm-hmm. that with the the house lady. Oh yeah, I want to know. The, yeah, I forgot the, about the, that. The, the, like the boss man and you, the house lady, cleaning, cooking. Yeah. Uh, it make they don't want the black boys or the black men to coat their white women. But when you, the house lady, when the boss lady get ready to go to town shopping or yeah. somewhere. Then the boss man, he always sitting around like he reading the paper. And as soon as that lady leave, then he want to start funneling with the cook. I remember you told me about that. And that was what I hated the most. Mm. And then to think everybody would steal, someday he'd bring sacks of money and set it, you know, so when you cleaning up, you'll see it. And he, you know, he'll set it in the way to see if you're going to steal it. Mm-hmm. And if you don't bother, a lot of times I used to get it. I said, Mr. Maxan, you left your money sitting in here. Oh, I didn't know I left it in there. He done left it in there for a trap. It was a test. But yeah. he couldn't trick me. 
because you don't cut off the hand that feeds you. Mm. That's the way I see it. Okay. So that's it. All right. Yeah, I remember you talk, I forgot about that story. <laughs> well, everyone listening, uh, you just heard my grandmother speaking, um, you know, welcoming to some of the conversations I have. Hopefully you guys enjoys this, enjoyed this episode. Once again, to the new listeners, go to SoundCloud, follow Stakes is High podcast. For the Apple users, you can find me on your podcast application. It is Stakes is High podcast. Make sure you put the podcast in. And I want to thank my grandmother again. And thank you for life. Thank you for having my father to have me. So I appreciate you guys. Um, tune in. Hopefully, I'm sorry I kind of had you guys on a hold for probably a few days. I was kind of trying to coordinate with my grandmother. But anyway, thank you guys for listening. And I'll talk to you again. Peace.